Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, on Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1 800 795 9565 or email on the mark at WKOK.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings and welcome aboard WKOK's live telephone talk show on the mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Joe is directly across from me. Introduce yourself, sir, since I'm typically inadequate. Nope, that's fine. Just Joe. Okay. Nobody else. All right. Suit yourself. <laughs> Last name's McGranahan. All right. Joe McGranahan, mayor of Shemokin Dam. Just a super advocate for the CSVT that he has single-handedly been able to make happen. And no, 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 no. Tell me about the ribbon cutting. Well, it's in the works. It's being planned. Okay. PennDOT is working very hard to have a really meaningful event. Are you going to do it? Well, I don't know whether I'll be invited or not, so we'll find <laughs> out. <laughs> All right. Well, we invite uh, folks to contact our show, uh, 1-800-795-9565. 1-800-795-9565. 1-800-795-9565. That's right. Okay. Okay. I know there was a two in there somewhere. All right. Uh, I said a false statement into the microphone earlier. We said Congressman uh, Muser uh, was going to call us, but he cannot call. Explain why, Joe. Well, there is a Pennsylvania law about uh, political adverti- uh, political speech 24 hours before an election. Uh, there is a law that says you cannot bring up anything new, any new allegations, plus the fact there's also the equal time provision, which means that someone, if he had an opponent, uh, and, a matter, and as a matter of absolute fairness, if he had a ma- an opponent, he could his opponent could ask for equal time, which means you'd have to give it to them on election day, which is unfair because it's, you know, you're in effect giving a candidate candidate the last word uh, that he didn't pay for, you know, on election day. Well, that seems ridiculous. I mean, this is well, an this opportunity. Well, this is the FCC. You know, if you want to call ridiculous, tell tell your congressman. Tell congressman. Oh, yeah, Muser Congressman Keller. F- I'm sure he's going to get right on this and <laughs> fix it. <laughs> yeah. No, I just think it's terrible that he can't call well, in he, and just he say. Can, he can call in if we don't talk, if he doesn't talk anything about politics, if he talks about. Now, you told me five minutes ago he couldn't call in. Can no, he no, call in or not? He can, but not about political issues. Kevin and I told you that right in the middle of the hallway. That right. He can't talk about the race or the election. But he can certainly talk about his okay. functions and duties. All right. Well, I've already aborted the call. Stan, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling in. A play word. Aborted the call, Mark. Come on. <laughs> you cut him off. <laughs> but anyway, that's not why I called. Uh, over the weekend, of course, everybody knows that up in Buffalo, a crazed kid. Well, he's not a kid. He's of age, 18 years of old. But he shouldn't have been able to have access to any type of firearm because last year he was involuntarily committed for psychiatric evaluation by the cops. But, of course, since our system doesn't allow information about juveniles to get into the record, he was able to purchase a firearm. And what did he do? He went out and shot a bunch of people. Now, they're going to classify this as a hate crime. The feds are. So, of course, it's hate. Because anytime you go out and kill somebody just because you can, that would be hateful. Don't care what race they are. 
but does that make them any less dead, that it's going to be a hate crime? Well, I think, I think there is a, a, a vested interest in society in labeling hate crimes as hate crimes. My problem is that they don't seem to be very uniform in the way they're doing it. For example, the California shooting apparently involved an Asian man shooting up a church full of uh, Presbyterian Chinese. Or um, I think they were Chinese, weren't they? Or were they Japanese? I'm not certain. But, you know, is that a hate crime? Uh, Are they investigating that as well? There was an incident a few months ago where a black man shot up an area and killed several people. Is that a hate crime? You know, but in this case, I think it's very easy to determine it is a hate crime because the guy had a manifesto. He had been accused of trying to do something like this before. And I think, you know, there, there's a spot running on, uh, and we can talk about the election today. We're able to do that. We can. Uh, there is an ad running right now that says a Dr. Oz is a liberal on guns because he favors red flag laws. Well, I don't you think a red flag law would have been appropriate in this case? Uh, no, because there's actually a law that if you're a mental defective or been involuntarily committed, he wasn't in the record, which it should have been. Defective. He wasn't involuntarily committed. He went in on his own after the school oh, officials talked to him. Okay. But the cops put him there, right? Because he made a threat against the school that he was going to shoot up a school. That was why they committed him. But again, so none of that information's out there except it is now. But it should have been in the record. When they do the background check, correct? That's well, my opinion. Well, how old was he at the time? If he was under 18, he, was he, wasn't, you know, he wasn't an See, adult. that's the problem. Right, it is. That's the problem. These juveniles go out and commit whatever they commit, heinous crimes, some of them. They turn to, well, and the ones that get convicted, generally at 21 to 22, they cut them loose because they were convicted as juveniles if they don't try them as adults. But they don't. So then anything that they've done, or, you know, they could beat people up to almost death, and it's but as they were juvenile, so that records are sealed. And when they turn eighteen, that never show, very rarely shows up in a background check. But you and know, it should. I find your argument uh, confusing to me, Stan, because we've had this discussion a number of times on the air <laughs> daily. You, you say on one hand that you know the gun isn't going to do anything unless somebody picks it up. Well, somebody True. picked it up, you know, but yet you don't. Where where do you favor? Uh, trying to stop the guy from picking it up. You don't like red flag laws. What laws do you like? Well, and, and the preface to this stand no, is... Wait a minute. Stand, you, hold a on a second. Hold on. The preface to this stand is you don't have to be on the defensive because no laws are going to change. There'll be no red flag laws. There'll be no changes in gun laws. You're still safe Just here. Just thoughts and prayers. Right. Exactly. <laughs> there, nothing's going to change. But go ahead, Stan. Respond to Joe now. <laughs> yeah, thoughts and prayers. No, I don't go for that neither. I want the scum taken off the street. And when they're interacting with the cops, when they're threatening to shoot up schools, I want them taken off street. Not just put in a mental health facility, because that does nothing for them. And then he gets out a day and a half later, and he goes on his merry way, and he gets a gun because there's no record of it, because they didn't put a record of it in for it to stop him. That's what I have a problem with. Okay. Nothing confusing about it, Joe. Well, if the person has interaction with the cops because of a mental defectiveness or he's beating somebody to de- near death just because he's a juvenile, I want it in the record. And well, that's where the problem is. They do charge juveniles with felonies and expose their names if it's a heinous right. crime or a big felony. Right. Let's say the guy is not 18 at the time. Well, let's say he's 22. 
and he had uh, a year ago he had threatened someone, but no one had uh, no one had charged him. Joe, he didn't face any change. criminal action. There's no ha- heinous scenario well, that will lead to a change. In I'm laws. sorry, but I you know I'm not in favor of restricting gun rights, but I don't believe red flag laws restrict gun gun owners' rights. If you have committed some, uh, if you have some mental aberration, I don't believe you should be in possession of a firearm, no matter what. I don't disagree with you on that, Joe. Okay. I don't disagree. Okay. What I have a problem with red flag laws is if you have a, a torqued off ex-wife or girlfriend that has something against you, she'll go to the freaking cops or whoever and file a false claim against you, and right away they want to take your guns because, they, she says, they threaten you. It's happened. Now, okay. I don't want anybody to be threatened, you know, <clears throat> realistically, that has been realistically threatened and have their stuff but you know, you not say, taken from them. When you but say the false Stan, accusations, and they have no recourse, okay. they're just accused. Isn't there a difference between maybe somebody threatening domestic violence, which is predictably easy to deal with, and somebody who d- decides to shoot up a whole class of people going into a supermarket? You know, there I would think anything that could have been done to stop this guy before he did it would have been a worthwhile endeavor. He threatened to shoot up a school last year, and nothing was done about it. Well, he was evaluated. Now, if he the evaluation uh-huh. found that he was not a threat... He, so he voluntarily committed himself. Well, no, but Stan, stop and think for a minute. Mental health... mental You can't predict what somebody's going to do from a mental health standpoint. You can look for markers. You can look for guides. You can look for indicators. But you can't predict whether or not that person will actually carry through with what they planned or do something completely different that's equally heinous. You can't predict Absolutely. that. So the only thing you can do is... To, the only thing you could do is try and make it hard for them to get a weapon. And if that hurts somebody else... admitted last year to a mental health facility, and it wasn't stopped, correct? Isn't that what... He He wasn't, at the time, at the time, he wasn't found to be a threat to himself or others, I guess. Stan, I think... Did he voluntarily (laughs) commit himself? I was told that he did. Stan, I think the outcome of this is that as soon as we know everything that there is to know about this, there will either be uh, hearings in New York or in uh, U.S. Congress to closely examine this so that we can formally change nothing in the long run. But we have to have, we have to know more. We have to examine this. We have to, you know, you're pretty informed on this, which is super. I think a lot of great information came out right away, which is a little bit unusual, but fantastic for this conversation. But uh, fortunately, all of this will lead to no change in laws, so your guns are safe and juveniles can continue to uh, <laughs> wreak havoc and their records will be expunged, as long as they don't get charged with a felony and their names become right. public. So. No, no, there's felon, juvenile felonies that they don't try as adults. Gotcha, okay. That they still, they're still kind of sealed. So there's problems in this system. Right. Okay, the system is screwed up, well, and not. until that system is changed... Uh, yeah, I don't think we're going to do that either. But uh. well, then there lies the problem. But I know what the left. You know, right away it's Tucker Carlson's fault. By the way, did you hear that? <laughs> it's it's all his fault. The, and Fox News is that was the, the narrative that the left's putting out because of supposed said that the white replacer oh, the white replacement theory. theory. Blah, well, blah, he blah. does talk about that from time to time, but uh, I'm not sure he believes it or he just uh, lets people come on his show and talk about it. You know, so. He reports on it and asks questions. Right. 
Okay. It's like you talk about guns, so are you leading to more gun violence because you talk about it? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Yeah, Tucker no, Carlson I, is innocent here. I think, uh, you know, certainly I don't think replacement theory is anything that we have to dig too deeply into, or nor is it valid. But I do definitely think that uh, uh, he's off the hook because he's, uh, you know, it's just this division that we have. People love to talk about their theories on the right. People love to talk about their uh, ridiculous theories on the left, and uh, we're going to we're we're, right. we're going to stay divided. And well, Tucker's in in good stead. To me, what really concerns me the most is there doesn't seem to be any unified action in the right direction. You have the liberal people, and uh, I can certainly sympathize with their position, saying we need to make it harder to get guns. Period for everybody, whether they're legal or not. And on the other hand, we have people like you who are saying, well, I don't like red flag laws because somebody could be accused of doing something they didn't do, and they have to give up their guns. Somewhere, yeah, Dupasas is such an offensive. Somewhere <laughs> we've got to come up with some kind of a solution that makes it harder for these people to do what they're doing. Now, maybe you're right. Maybe maybe uh, expung- or not expunging the record of juveniles is a good start. But there are a lot of adults who commit these crimes, too. And, and to the extent that there is some indicator that they'll do it, I think society has an interest, just as I do about abortion, that the society has some interest in preserving the human life and making certain that nothing bad happens that can be prevented. Well, yeah, but. until you can start reading minds, <laughs> you're never going to prevent everything. And that's just the way it I, is. I saw a movie about that. It doesn't work out in the end anyway. So, so. what do you do? Just say, no. well, we're going to have a couple of hundred deaths a year from mass no, shootings. No, 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 no. We're these not even going to talk the, about Most it? of the people that cause these mass shootings have had interaction with law enforcement. And a good many of them have been let go for whatever reasons. I don't know the reasons but they have been left go, or they fly under the radar and never had any problems with the law, and for whatever reason, they snap for some reason. I don't know why they snap. Look at the guy in the subway in New York. I don't know why he snapped and what his issue was, but that was a hate crime, but I don't believe they're... Are they, are they uh, investigating that as a hate crime? Because he went in there and shot up the subway, and he was, you know, said some things online about, you know, black supremacy and all that. Is that being classified as a hate crime? Or how about the guy that ran down the parade people in the parade out there in Waukesha, Wisconsin. Is that being classified as a hate crime? I don't think so. No, but that's what I said earlier. In I, all those cases. I that's agree. my point. I agree with you that they don't seem to be uniform in the way they do it. They're more than willing to say any white person who does it is probably a white supremacist and guilty of uh, hate crime, but they don't seem to be feel that way about other people who do the same thing and don't happen to be white. It doesn't meet their narrative, so they'll never do that. That's simple. Doesn't meet their narrative. Well, yeah, but their we gotta, narrative we, is destroy we, this country. We got to put the narrative aside. We've got to put the narratives aside and start <laughs> looking for solutions, yeah, not political solutions, but real solutions to these problems. I'm not content to have people going to church shot up, uh, as happened in California, or, or, or peaceful people shopping in a grocery store being shot up and killed because some guy has a manifesto and thinks that black people are inferior to him or whatever reason. Joe, lower right hand corner. Neither do I. Hold on. The Republicans won't do anything to change gun laws. That means more gun violence. Thanks. You have to read the thanks. (laughs) Thanks Uh, Thanks a lot. Let me repeat that. There is no such thing as gun violence. There is people that do violence (laughs) using the gun as a tool, whether they pick up the gun, the knife, the hammer. It's violence committed by a person. An inanimate object never commits violence. Plain and simple. So I'm sick of hearing that term. It's violence. 
but it is violence with a gun. That is no, you can't argue that. Well, see, but that's the difference. You could say violence using a gun as the tool. There's a big difference. All right, we got you, Stan. We got a congressman on the line. We got to talk to him. All right, thank you, sir. All right, Congressman Muser, I guess under some circumstances we are allowed to talk to you, so we're glad that you can call in. Joe, what are the rules? Well, we're not allowed to talk about the race or the politics of the race, but we can talk about what you're doing in Washington and what you hope to accomplish in the next couple of years. Okay. I didn't, I didn't realize that we, we, had, we were being censored. What's no, you're the, not. There's a Pennsylvania law that you cannot bring a new charges or new, new issues into a campaign in 24 hours before the election. Can he talk and about his plus endorsements? The fact, plus the fact, had you had an opponent, we would be obligated to give them equal time should they request it on election day, which is unfair to the other candidates. Can he talk about his okay. good endorsements of other candidates? Yeah. Good. Okay. Congressman, have you endorsed anybody lately? <laughs> well, um, okay, so we'll, we'll, we'll get back to it. Yeah, well, tomorrow's election day, and... The, um, I appreciate the, the laws that exist. Well, obviously, we're going to follow those, but um, we're having a conversation about an election where the people are going to be weighing in on who our next United States senator from Pennsylvania is going to be. And it's very important. And I talk about it all the time because I, I do support um, a candidate who's from Bloomsburg, uh, who went to the uh, West Point, who served in the U.S. Army, who built a business, uh, and who is very, very prepared to be an outstanding U.S. Senator for Pennsylvania. And his name is Dave McCormick, and you know he's from Bloomsburg. Um, you know, a lot of, everybody knows him at this point. He's worked real hard. Great guy. Will be very accessible, and it, it, it's uh, actually just really surprising to me at this point that an individual with those sort of, not just his, his credentials, but his his hard work ethic and all, um, is in a tight race with, with, with a guy like with a guy like Dr. Oz. I mean, you know, Dr. Oz um, does uh, pull this out. Um, look, we're, we're going to need his vote in the U.S. Senate. Uh, it's very, very, very important as we see what the left is uh, planning and what their agenda is. It's, it's not in the interest of America, and it's, and, it's, and it's not working. And they want to double down on the plans that they've had. So it's very important we get a Republican in there. We will get Dr. Oz's vote, but that's all we're going to get from him. We're not going to get someone who loves Pennsylvania. We're not going to get someone who comes back and spends time and hears people out and works on local projects like I do as a member of the House. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm in the district problem-solving and figuring out solutions at more time than I am doing anything else. And that's the sort of U.S. senator, somebody who cares and loves and gives a damn about Pennsylvania, just doesn't give a damn about themselves, coming in from New Jersey, having had served in the Turkish military, for crying out loud. This is the guy that we're going to vote to uh, the U.S. senator. They are NATO allies, are they not, Excellent point, Joe, but you didn't volunteer. That's fine, and you know what, that's great, but not to be our U.S. senator from Pennsylvania. Okay, but President Trump, whom you supported and endorsed and spoke highly of, has recommended Dr. Oz. Well, hey, you know what, Uh, even even a a broken clock is uh, right twice a day. You could do that in reverse. I think the president got that one wrong. Uh, we, we, we have a better level of understanding and, and knowledge of the candidates, and, and frankly, I think he just got that one wrong. I mean, I've had conversations with Dr. Oz. I asked him once about the Second Amendment, 
which is the topic of conversation as I was holding, a, a terrible situation of an evil human being uh, who I hope uh, rots in jail forever, as we all do. But if he's if he's found guilty, which he clearly will be, uh, but you know it took it took Dr. Oz. Now this is a few months ago, I guess, before he was um, you know he he was versed in his talking points. But it took him about six minutes to explain his position on the Second Amendment. You know he lost he lost me then. But your compatriot, Congressman Keller, endorses him as well. Mm, uh, Keller. Or supports uh, uh, Dr. Oz. Well, I guess he didn't have that conversation I had with him on the Second Amendment. But, hey, everybody, look, a number of Republicans, good Republicans, are supporting Dr. Oz. But I frankly don't understand if you write out the, uh, the ups and downs, the pros and cons, and evaluate the situation, how you don't... Uh, how we don't vote for a local uh, who owns property and far a farm in Bloomsburg. His father was one of the first chancellors of the Pashi system. His dad and mom are at events with him all the time. That meaning Dave McCormick, who served in the U.S. Army, who understands business, who understands finance, who understands small business. Um, you know, he's 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 a guy. And you know what? If we either we're going to have a great member of the U.S. Senate representing Pennsylvania. Or we're going to have a celebrity uh, who cares more about show business than he cares about the people's business. And um, but at least we'll have his vote. How about Kathy? We'll, how about Kathy Barnett? Well, she's no, a Pennsylvanian. Look, Kathy, yeah, no military. Look, I, uh, well, true. But uh, I, I, look, we're we're finding out more about Kathy. I like Kathy. I'm not going to say anything negative about Kathy. Uh, we saw her a lot. I got to know her. My wife got to know her. Nice person. Um, but, uh, frankly, um, I prefer uh, someone of the experience level and the um, clear the clear resume, uh, an accurate resume uh, that, we, that we know of, uh, of, of a Dave McCormick. All right, let me stop you there because we only have a sure. moment left. Uh, Congressman Barletta is your choice for governor of Pennsylvania. You can elaborate on that for a minute, and then we have to hit yeah. the break. All right, thanks. Um, yeah, look, Lou, Lou knows Pennsylvania as, as good as anyone. I mean, Lou's worked at the mayor level, the uh, uh, the U.S. Congress level. I mean, Lou knows state uh, politics and state government. Uh, he's worked on many, many projects. Lou will be a solution guy, not a uh, political uh, pointing fingers, uh, blaming guy. And uh, everybody knows him in, in uh, Harrisburg, too, and everybody likes him. And you know what? Just like in any business, that matters. Lou's going to be able to get along with the legislator. He's going to be able to guide us into the right direction. Pennsylvania is going to be far better off with a person like Lou Barletta as, as the next governor. Is Mastriano electable? Well, you know, that's up for the people to decide. I'm not dodging that question. You know, I certainly know Doug Mastriano. Um, I prefer uh, Lou Barletta for the reasons I just explained. But you know what? The election's tomorrow. The people are going to decide. All right. Well, th- thank you so much for calling in yeah, and the update. You. Appreciate it and staying within those guardrails that Joe outlined. <laughs> so <laughs> it's. Uh... <laughs> 
Thank you, guys. It's always fun to talk to you, Dan. Take care. did a super job. All right. Thank you so much. U.S. Congressman Dan Muser, 9th District, is running for re-election, does not have an opponent. The reconfigured 9th District reaches farther up into the Poconos and a little bit less uh, footprint around here, though still reaches into Northumberland, we're glad to say. So he's got lots of constituents around here. So uh, it looks like in the years ahead he'll be a regular presence here. All right. Uh, If you wish to comment on what you've heard so far, you will have to call... uh, during the 9 a.m. hour, and even a speedy dialer won't even get a moment's uh, time here. So I'll give you the number, 1-800-795-9565. You can write that down and add it to the uh, to-do list for the 9 a.m. hour. <laughs> oh, you have a to-do list well, for 9 a.m.? Well, I, I don't know. I'm trying to, trying to kill a second here. All right, we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could shop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full, new, and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Yeah, Congressman Muser has about half of our area. Montour County is in it, all the way up to Wilkes-Barre and Nanticoke, left into Northumberland. Let's see, down to Lebanon and Reading, and uh, just to the other side of Hazleton, but not Hazleton itself. The Dems get to own Hazleton, Wilkes-Barre, and Scranton so that they can be compacted in there with their good uh, Congressman Cartwright. Well, there is, um, you know, obviously some last-minute issues here in this election, including the lieutenant governor having a stroke over the weekend, which is something we should talk about. Right. So we will talk about on the campaign, the Buffalo shooting, and the fact that uh, it's just the shooting of the week, not to worry about anything. And uh, we will talk about uh, the uh, U.S. congressional race and the gubernatorial race. President Trump waited, but did finally endorse somebody in the gubernatorial race. Of course, it would be Doug Mastriano. They're kind of birds of a feather. So they go together. So we'll talk about that. One of our good listeners sent us a note about uh, juveniles. This is WKOK Sunbury. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark. Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome on board. WKOK's live telephone talk show on the mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Joe McGranahan is across from me. Right here. And he is vaguely describing a ribbon cutting in July because he's not in charge of it. But uh, do you happen to know if you will be asked to make remarks into the microphone? I don't have any idea. You don't know. Okay. 
We're helping PennDOT any way we can. It's their choice. What they decide, they will do. Oh, I got a note here. It says, we're having the ribbon cutting July 7th. Don't tell Joe we don't want him. Oh, okay. That was from Ted. I won't be there. So, sorry, buddy. Uh, are, we, are we ribbon cutting the uh, north section? Yeah, the northern section. There'll still be some work underway on it and some lane restrictions and some grooming. <laughs> they have the construction crew's got to get some, a better name for it now. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so there'll be some limited work on it. But the bridge, of course, which has been done already, uh, will be 100% open. Well, Matt, Ted, and Eric, they've got it all under control. Eric, I believe that Joe should Eric be Eric. the. I believe that Joe should be the first to drive on it. I, I'm serious <laughs> about that, by the way. Well, Ted told us they're going to allow bicycles and pedestrians on first. As right. a show they're having of, a special uh, day for that right before. Well, that's the, okay. Okay, so, uh, but do you want to be the first walker? You're not. Like, no, no. Joe should be the first driver. Driver. Okay. Yeah. I used to joke that I wanted my funeral procession to be the yeah. first thing that went across the new highway because that would guarantee I'd have lived to a ripe old age. Well, <laughs> the other thing too, you used to say TikTok, too. TikTok, Joe. <laughs> Time's marching. The other thing you used to say too is you kept telling your grandson to make sure he drives on that road. Yeah. <laughs> if Joe's going to be the first driver, they're going to have to clear it like they do Pocono. It's, it's funny because. Because I, I had told that story a couple of times, and the former Secretary of Transportation, the day we had the the uh, celebration for the funding being, uh, you know, obtained for the project, he nudged me and said, "You still want your funeral procession to be the first thing <laughs> yes. going across?" It's only <laughs> ten years away. Well, and I, um, I think this is funny because they'll have to close the bridge. Because what's the posted legal speed limit going to be on the bridge? I. I suspect 40 or 45. 45. Well, Joe will be going 55 or 60, so <laughs> if he's driving it typically. Why would it be 45, though? Well, because of the interchanges being so close, and it's on a bridge and so on. Yeah, but they're all merging intersections. Right, man, you're they're right. not. It could, it could be higher. Yeah, I don't, you know, I, I don't, I don't think, think it I, will be. I think you have merging intersections. You don't have any like stop signs or traffic lights like in Williamsport. Well, I haven't asked that question. You know, I've been more concerned about the wind wind loading on the uh, tractor trailers. So I haven't asked about the speed limit. I'll have to find out for you, Kevin. All right, let me do news headlines, and we'll open up the phones for everybody to chit chat about our important topics. Uh, Ted's going to be on our show in the uh, I'd say months. Oh, Ted Deptula. Yes, yeah, great guy. Everybody knows him. All right, on the mark, sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at sunburymotors.com. Toll-free line open. Call us 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemark at wkok.com. And you can text us at 70236, include the keyword OTM. We'd love to hear from you. Here are the brief news headlines. Average gasoline prices in Pennsylvania are unchanged in the past week. Believe it or don't, it seemed like I went to the pump and it was 10 cents higher than the day before. Gasbuddy.com says, no, we started last Monday with gasoline at 4.62 a gallon. That's what it is on average in Pennsylvania today. Unfortunately, my bank account didn't remain unchanged after right. I put my card in. This is silly, so... <laughs> and it's funny, I went to the Sunoco in Northumberland yesterday, and they wouldn't take my card for some reason. <laughs> and I, so I had to go into the customer service desk, and I, sh- I showed him the card, and he looked at it, and he says, we don't take those here anymore. You need to use your credit card, oh, because really? it's so expensive. They, well, here, it yeah. shifts over to another card. Yeah, and here's the other thing. You know, there are a lot of stations that have, like, five cents a gallon discounts. Right, for people, no, for, for people that use cash. Oh, cash, now, cash. Okay. I'm sorry, but I don't know many truck drivers carrying 700 bucks in their wallet, <laughs> and I don't personally carry about 100 bucks to fill up my tank. 
Well, yeah, well a, you're going to have to start. <laughs> well, you could write a check, but a lot of places don't take no, checks. So. No, no. So, All right, well, to be continued. But anyway, yeah. yeah mine, anyway. mine actually gets declined because it's maxed out from going to the gas tank every, That's what I was <laughs> every week. To. Sunoco does take other people's Sunoco's cars, but they say when you fill up, when your truck takes 700 gallons of gas, that's too much for one card. So anyway, all the way back to the news headlines. Uh, let's see. Uh, gas Buddy says it's once we get to the full summer driving season in earnest, it's likely gas prices will edge higher. All right. And, and will my then, credit limit edge higher? All right. Well, I'll just read it. It says, prices later this week could be closer to $5 per gallon as demand continues to edge higher and inventories of gasoline and diesel fuel continue to decline. Temperatures warm and motors get back outside and we near the Memorial Day week and the start of the summer driving season. While the increases may start to slow in the days ahead as pump prices catch up to oil, there isn't much reason to be optimistic we'll see a plunge anytime soon. It's not an oil price issue, though. It's a refinery issue. Right. Demand, they don't, demand is outweighing supply. It is us. Well, I think that's because a lot of people thought the gas spike was temporary, so they continued to consume in the normal way. You know, and I think now, if if gas prices go up, a lot of people are going to be conserving. I know some are already. I bought a battery-operated lawnmower because I couldn't fill the two-gallon tank that I need, a two-gallon container anymore. <laughs> Have you changed your driving habits? Slightly, yeah. Slow down at all? Well, I didn't say I changed that. Okay, no, no. I'm no, just, no. I, I actually, I've changed the amount of traveling I do. Okay. Joe, change your traveling habits nope. at all? Okay, yeah. You're Pedal what, to the metal. You're 100 bucks a week or so <laughs> for gas? Oh, three or four. What the heck? I three just bathe okay, in the right, stuff. Any, right. I have gas tractor, right, gas lawnmower. On. I just love gasoline. I'm a super consumer of fuel. <laughs> R, R, R. Hold on, Dale. I'm hurrying. A big milestone for the GOP candidates fighting tooth and nail for governorship of Pennsylvania. State Senator Doug Mastriano now has the endorsement of Donald Trump. In a formal statement, President Trump said there is no one in Pennsylvania has done more or fought harder for election integrity than State Senator Doug Mastriano. It is my great honor to give him my complete and total endorsement to a man who will never let you down, Doug Mastriano, for governor of Pennsylvania. Not to be outdone over the weekend, though, uh, GOP leaders in Pennsylvania who say this is uh, like, this, as you heard Congressman Muser call it, uh, the president's more like a stop clock that's only right twice a day now. Lou Barletta is the individual they decided to coalesce around with new Numerous individuals, including State Senator John Gordon of the Pennsylvania Senate Majority Whip, uh, U.S. Congressman Fred Keller, former Governor Mark Schweiker, of course, Congressman Muser, as you heard earlier, Lieutenant Governor Jim Cauley, uh, former Congresswoman uh, Melissa Hart, and many others decided to coalesce around Lou Barletta, and uh, that's in the gubernatorial race. And, of course, as you heard, the state Senate race is still uh, neck and neck. And Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman still recovering from that uh, the uh, stroke, as we talked about. Uh, I'm going to pause headlines. I have a couple more sentences to say, but Dale's been waiting an inordinately long time while we did idle chit-chat, so we're going to put him on the line, and then we'll go back to headlines. Dale, you're on the mark. Thank you so much for waiting, and thanks for calling. You're on the mark. Yeah, good morning. Yeah, I just I travel up 15 there a couple times a week there with my truck, and I'm looking at them ramps up there in that bridge, especially coming from the east over to the west. Them ramps, I think, are really going to be an issue there, especially that one there. When you come off the end of the bridge, you're dropping down, and you basically make a hard right turn. Looks like they're going to need catch fences in there for the vehicles <laughs> running off of that one. 
Yeah, that I, but, I noticed. Is that a ramp? There wasn't anything there a couple of weeks ago, but is that being turned into a ramp now if you go well, right? I'm pretty sure that's a ramp to go north when you come from the other side on 15, you know, but... I wouldn't know what else they'd have it there for. Okay. Yeah, I did. I I never saw oh. it, but uh, well, I they're doing seen some it. work to open up County Line Road again. So. Right. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Good for them. But now, this we... is when you're dropping down off the other side, ready to go into Winfield there. Right. You know? So we'll keep an eye on that. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, because that 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 doesn't look real good over there on, their, on the engineer's designs there. But that's just my thoughts <laughs> of it because people can't <laughs> drive on the straightaway and keep it on the road anymore. But how much so. do you drive, Dale? Oh, well, I run a truck up through there still, and so I've been. You can see it all; doesn't matter. <laughs> right, you you know what you're talking so, about. In other words, all right. Well, I don't know if I know what I'm talking about, but and then another point. My wife started at Sunbury Hospital there, and she's and we were talking about the Mendo issues, and it seemed like we got all kinds of money to throw around, and we got a perfectly nice facility sitting there yet that we can't throw money at that. And we can throw money back there in the back there to have coffee going and 300 employees. You can't get employees now. That's why we closed the restaurant up in Lewisburg. Can't get employees. There's a shortage of mental health workers to begin with. So I don't know if they could even staff a facility like, like that. But it's something they got to start looking at. Well, yeah, we talked about that when the Chamber of Commerce called the show the other day. We're a little out of sync in terms of getting workers into our hundreds of openings in our existing businesses, while at the same time, you know, the Chamber's an attractor of new industry. Well, Sunbury Community Hospital had an excellent mental health facility in board there, which we lost, of course, when UPMC shut it down. Yep, yep. But, uh... Like I say, we throw money at everything else, but we can't throw anything for mental health, and you know, and we can send billions overseas to take care of everybody else and everybody else coming in, but we can't seem to address them issues anymore. Yep, we're a little out of sync in every way. All right, thank you so much, Dale. Thank you. you. Thanks for calling in. All right, very brief news headlines here. The uh, state election officials say no matter who you vote for tomorrow or maybe already mailed in your vote, uh, they are 100% ready. More than 8.7 million Pennsylvanians are registered to vote in Tuesday's primary, 4 million Democrats and over 3.4 million Republicans. Acting PA Secretary of State Lee Chapman reminds voters that Pennsylvania is what's known as a closed primary state. That means only voters registered as Democrat or Republican can cast a ballot on May 17th for those races, and only for candidates from their registered party. However, all registered voters of any affiliation can vote on local ballot questions and any special elections. Voters will be selecting party nominees for governor, U.S. Senate and House, as well as state and county races. The polls will be open from 7 a.m. until 8 p.m. on Tuesday. I'm David Payne, News Radio 1070, WKOK. And tomorrow night on WKOK.com, we will have constant, frequent, regular updates on the election, all the numbers. Uh, We'll post results as they come in. Should not be a late night. Uh, We don't know about uh, too many writing campaigns around here that slow the initial counting. There are some, but uh, not too many, so we'll keep an eye out for those. I'm fascinated by, um, uh, you and I were talking off mic a little before the program about 
the uh, um, stroke suffered by Lieutenant Governor Fetterman, who was, of course, the leading Democratic candidate for Senate in the United States. But uh, he, I'm familiar with the medical condition he's got, AFib, because I have it. Okay. But I thought what was interesting is he said in the release that he put out was that it was from blood pooling and a, a sack in his heart because of the AFib. Now, that's why they treat AFib with uh, medications. Um, I'm on Eliquis, which is pretty much the standard. Blood thinner? Uh, yeah, but it's not one that requires a lot of blood work or checking. It just seems to work and work very well, and people tolerate it. So I wondered if he was on it. Was he aware of his condition? You know, did he? I don't think he disclosed his health condition. Not that it's uh, – I never have had a symptom of it. I, I know other people who have had AFib. They have racing hearts. They have other, other symptoms. I I've never had one. I found out quite by accident when I went to the doctors for an EKG, a regular EKG, that I had had AFib. I had no idea. Still Mm -hmm. have never had a symptom. But I'm on the medication that keeps that blood from pooling and keeps uh, keeps it from clotting while it's pooling. Well, if it's too personal... Say no, but AFib is when the upper chambers of the heart don't work well? It's atrial fibrillation. It's just an electrical imbalance in your heart. Okay. Sometimes they try to shock your heart back to normal. Uh, mm-hmm. Sometimes mm-hmm. that's an option. Sometimes it isn't. But basically, they always tell me when I ask about shocking my heart back to normal, they always say, well, yeah, but you could go back into it again, and we wouldn't know, and you might have a stroke. You don't you have know? a pacemaker or a monitor. No, or no, no, nothing like okay. that. And I don't think uh, Lieutenant Governor Fetterman would need that. But it is, if he's not having it treated, if he has chosen not to have the treatment, it is a serious issue for him. So if he's ignoring it. Because he's more likely to have another stroke. If he's ignoring it, that may be something in a factor for people's consideration. It would be, I would think. Right, since he uh, is, uh, I think, a climbing leader, of course, being state or U.S. senator is one of his goals immediately, but I would think he'd have a public service uh, future even beyond that in Pennsylvania or even in Washington. You never know. Well, he hopes to be in Washington uh, soon. So, all right, well, to be continued, we'll take your opinion on this. Uh, The uh, Lieutenant Governor Fetterman uh, suffering a stroke, I guess, last week. It was when it was apparent. Well, that's when he was hospitalized, but uh, I believe Friday was the first time something was canceled on his schedule. So then, uh, so he was already symptomatic before then, did a brief uh, news conference with his wife present, and he said, I started to feel bad, and she chimes and I told you to go to the doctor. <laughs> you know, and I thought, oh, there you go. P- perfect marriage. They're, they're, yeah. They are certainly great That's together. That's like that tombstone that I, that I saw somebody make a reference to. It says, I told you I had a headache. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, perfect. All right, famous tombstones. But that, that's a long way off for John Fetterman. We uh, I hope so. All yes. right, one 800 we got texts and emails plenty. We'll get to the reading material, but we'd love to talk to you, too. So let's chit-chat. one 800 Call us now. Uh, We talked a little bit about the Buffalo shooting and the uh, mental health situation for the individual. Uh, Racism was apparently at least part of his motivation. Uh, Procured gun segments of bullets and clips and uh, magazines, rather, and the gun legally but uh, had run-ins with the law in the past as a juvenile, so maybe that's a factor there. 1-800-795-9565. Let's see, and of course, uh, the Pennsylvania politicking. We heard from Congressman Muser on the phone earlier. 1-800-795-9565.
There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could chop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. I can't afford his gas, so I'm stuck here watching TV. Yeah, there you go. Boy, they made that one easier for you. Thank you so much. Kevin, her appropriate bumper music is one of his specialities, or as he would say, without a life, it frees me up to pick out good music. So <laughs> we appreciate that. I'm not going anywhere anymore, so yeah, right. i got plenty of time. Right. All right. Uh, Joe, uh, well, the phone lines are open, 1-800-795-9565. We have some limited interest in the gubernatorial and U.S. Senate races today, but uh, not tons of calls. But if you... Not surprising. I would thought with all these ads running. Maybe mm-hmm. people are just sick of it. Um, Get it over. Well, one of your good listeners sent this note. She missed the correct day, but she has the right sentiment. Says, good morning, gentlemen. Just think, by tomorrow, we will know who won the position. No, we won't. Not well, tomorrow. maybe tomorrow night, late. Yeah. yeah, I think we're all good intentions. I'm really hoping for change for Pennsylvania. Go vote tomorrow. Well, you should go vote tomorrow, that's for sure. Well, Unless you already voted by mail, as you did. Mm-hmm. And you won't know who won the positions. You'll one who know who won the nominations. Right. So, okay, so let me X this out. Now we're back up at the top. Our friend E.B., who has been a prolific writer today, we were trying to get to all of his emails. This one says, just a reminder that Lou Barletta was one of the fake electors who signed bogus documents claiming Donald Trump won the 2020 election. How are we to trust him in office when he was part of a coordinated effort to overturn a free and fair election simply because he didn't like the winner? Barletta, like Doug Mastriano, is blatantly anti-democratic we need elected officials who will respect our election process and protect it. Uh, you know, calling them anti-democracy is a little bit of a stretch. Well, if you want to overturn a, a free and fair democratic election with your own people, you could. It's not really anti-democracy. It's just sort of pro, sort of monarchy. Well, I'm willing or to concede. Pro, I'm willing to concede that people like Doug pro party versus people. Doug Mastriano uh, legitimately believed the election was stolen. Mm-hmm. I don't agree with that. I don't think the majority of Americans agree with it. But it is an opinion. It's his opinion. He's entitled to it. That doesn't make him anti-democracy, and if anything, it makes him very democratic. He wants to assure that our elections are fair and free, and I agree, we all agree with that. You know, some of these provisions, I think, are concerning. This unlimited mail-in voting bothers me. Mm -hmm. Uh, Certainly, the drop boxes are extremely troubling, as far as I'm concerned. Well, I think the the election laws have to catch up with what the mail-in balloting has wrought, and I think they want to repeal it, or Republicans 
Republicans want to repeal it. Uh, the Democrats don't. But uh, Republicans want to repeal it. And I don't think that's the right step. I think you could easily refine it if unlimited mail-in voting. Joe, for a layperson like myself, I, I wouldn't qualify for an absentee ballot. So do you think any form of mail-in balloting should be okay, or should it just be absentee, which means you have to have a valid excuse why you can't vote well, on election I think day? If, you, if you request the ballot in advance mm-hmm. and they send it to you and there's adequate documentation that it's you and you alone who cast that vote, I've got no problem with okay, it. Okay, so that's an but adjustment. But we seem to have a hesitancy. We want to make all these things easy for people to vote, but not not easy for them, to, or not hard for them to prove who they are. But we already use, sign- the way that you, they do it now is they match up the signature on your ballot with the signature well, that you well, have you on know, record. My signature is, um, when I registered to vote here 43 years ago, I guarantee you my signature has changed. Right, yeah, mine too. So that's a, certainly a valid observation. So I think, um, so upgrading the signature requirement to some other system across the board would be good. You know, picture IDs, we've argued well, back about in that. that back so in those days, there weren't photographs on your driver's license. Now there are, you know, so there are ways and methods by which we can prove who you are. How could you do a photo ID through the mail? What would be a, what would, what would be... How about when you register to vote, they take a thumbprint? Okay. And they have readers. My phone will tell. I can set my phone up to respond to a thumbprint. Right, but I can get my laser jet printer at home that I just bought, a new brother, EL700. Very detailed, wonderful printer. It can do a thumbprint. Yes, but you can't carry a piece of paper into the voting booth with your thumbprint on okay, it. Okay, <laughs> no, that's good at the uh, polling place, but what about by mail? What would be actual verification of identification by mail? Uh, that's a good question. I would think it would have to be something where you um, you actually got the ballot delivered directly to you. And Actually, guys, they already are. Well, that's when, true. When they you are. file online for your uh, ballot whether it be your mail-in ballot, absentee ballot, you have to put in your driver's license number, and that's how they verify you. Mm-hmm. Right, but there's no indication that the person no, is the other. Idea. Right, but there's no... But what if they don't have a driver's license, Kevin? What, but there's no guarantee that the person at the other end of this whole transaction is who they say they that's are. That's also true, you know, yes. I, I could get an old copy of my license, and I mean, if somebody found my old driver's license, it still has the same number. Well, but now, going back to what you do in person... Joe was mentioning having to sign a signature. You do have to sign your mail-in ballot on the back, just as you would if you were going in person to vote. Right, so that's right. the same. But Joe says that whole thing's got to well, be No, upgraded. I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm just saying yeah. those, are the, those are the similarities and differences. You do have to have some sort of an identification to get it. Right. Now, you're right, Mark. There's no way online to verify that it is Mark Lawrence who right. is putting this in and not but Kevin Hurt if you putting allow, it in for if you. if you allow only one ballot to come back in an envelope, in other words, you send one ballot out to Mark Lawrence, you get one ballot back from Mark Lawrence, and he has to return it not to a drop box, but he has to return it to the county election office. I would say that the potential for... You know, any egregious vote tampering would be limited in that regard. But if you allow somebody else to pick it up, say, hey, Mark, if you got your mail-in ballot, I'll come pick it up and I'll drop it off for you. That's where the problems could be. Well, and I think that would help what you're describing because... 
um, a lot of the fake electing is just people who are individuals who have a dead significant other whose ballot they got, and they can return it and vote for them. That's what we saw for President Trump. People had their dead spouse's ballots and sent them back. Even the dead though, have been voting for years in Chicago. Well, right. So, And they're very, they turn out very faithful, too. That would eliminate that a little bit. Maybe if you had to pick up your ballot at some point in the months before the election in person, so they could verify who you are, then you pick it up in person. Like, well, can't, always, what about the arguments you always give me on uh, photo, photo ID? Well, how are they going to get there? What if they don't have a car? What if they don't well, have transportation? But I'm, I'm trying to think big here. Any any solution that you or I come up will have you know X number of individuals that won't be able to comply with it, and so we'll go from there. Maybe Zoom puts you on Zoom and, and wherever you are, like you can go to a kiosk or something. And what if they I don't have a computer? What uh, if I don't have well, a No, the kiosk has the computer. Okay. So, all right, to be continued. All right. Eric is waiting an inordinately long time while we solve all known diseases and feed the poor. Eric, go right ahead. Oh, thank goodness. An inordinately long time. Good morning, gentlemen. Thank you for taking my call. So tomorrow's <laughs> election day. Yes, that's uh, right, Eric. Get out and vote, folks. Get out and vote. It's important. Uh, you know, uh, support your party, whichever way it is, and uh, cast your vote. Um, so tomorrow, though, so we only have Democrats essentially deciding who the Democrats are going to be, and of course Republicans, so who the Republicans person going to be in the final ballot. So, Joe, do you think uh, tomorrow we'll have uh, all kinds of claims of uh, stolen election if if uh, uh, former President Trump's hand-picked people aren't elected? If the, how can we possibly not uh, not have an honest election if if the people that former President Trump is touting? like uh, Mehmet Oz and Jim Bonnet and some of these others aren't the actual person's pit. Uh, will, he, will he then say, hey, that election was stolen because his people weren't elected tomorrow? Jim Bonnet, who's that? Vognet. Oh, Vognet. Okay. Vognet. Yeah, up, up yeah he, the one, I bring him up because his, his phrase is, even though he was, I think you know, he was beaten, he said the only way he could have been beaten positively was the election was stolen from him. You know, <laughs> yet we know during the last election uh, there were many, many Republicans elected <laughs> while on the same using the same ballots that that uh, you know voted um, you know President Trump out. So so it was stolen only for some, but not stolen for others. Is that what the message was? I don't know. You're telling me. I, I think that <laughs> I don't. I've never heard of a stolen primary, but I, I, you know, the Republicans come out. Why would the Republicans be interested in stealing the race or stuffing the ballot box against another Republican or the Democrats the same way? Not like well, to, again, happen. to to get to get your your Donald Trump back people. And the only way, because he said in Western Pennsylvania, what last week that every person he has tapped to get elected has gotten elected. So by golly, if if his people aren't elected, then they can't possibly let their they're not voting for him. It has to be stolen, right? Well, that's your logic because you don't like President Trump. No, it's my logic because I don't think because he's an egotistical maniac who cannot believe he can ever be wrong. Well, <laughs> one of our listeners says. <laughs> uh, go ahead and refute that statement, Joe, if you can. No, but um, and I'll just remind everyone during the last election, uh, we talk about needing to have certification and identification. Is as we approached that election last time, there was there's no way to get it. Our our voter IDs centers were closed. You know, uh, we were shut down, so it had to allow people to vote. 
you know, um, we didn't have even the ability to get ID. We didn't have ID prior to that time. And it wasn't required. So, you know, so the whole silly election thing is quite, right, quite but silly. The, the, prob- the problem but, we face is that we did a number of things during a pandemic year to make it easier for people to vote. Now that the pandemic has settled down and the mask mandates are gone and people are back to some semblance of normal, there is no reason to continue all of those those loosely constructed voting procedures. Now we have integrity. We need integrity so that we don't have a Donald Trump claiming the election was stolen from him in the future because it's not possible. Mail-in voting preceded the pandemic. Yeah, Yeah, mail-in voting did. Right, mail-in, absentee ballot voting, but mail-in voting is a product of the pandemic. No, it was started, it was Act 77, it was passed by the legislature late in 2019, it was already done. That was at the cusp of the... the, uh, Right. It was just coincidence it was in place, ready for the pandemic. That, But that was just lucky us. It was already in place. And little did Republicans know that Democrats would love it <laughs> and beat them. Well, we, we know ASAP. for a fact, and I, I brought this up as we were you know, going about the election, that, that there'd be a lot more mail-in ballots on the Democratic side because Democrats tend to believe that, you know, that this was a true thing, that this, this was a true pandemic. And on the Republican side, a more conservative side, a lot of people were denying it, saying, no, this is all made up, you know, all made up to make the president look bad. So, hence, it, it couldn't, couldn't be a real thing. So, I'm going to vote in person. Well, a lot of Democrats believed it and were afraid to vote otherwise, so they, they mailed it in. And there you go. The, the perfect rational explanation why there was more Democratic support with the mail in, you know? All right. We got you. Thank you so much, Eric. Well, you okay, know, you know get out and vote tomorrow. And the last thing I want to say is, in my perspective, there should be no uh, political ads allowed after midnight tonight. Tomorrow <laughs> should be just a time of of going and voting, and you know, just just let 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 the time be there. You know, I disagree with but that. I think that's the my ads... perspective. You know, well, as someone... uh, the last thing I want to say is, isn't it interesting that now we've had. All these anti-ads against uh, the one Republican candidate, uh, the Kathy Barnett. Barnett yes. Am I getting that correct? Right. You know, all of a sudden now that she's coming, come climbing in the polls, um, now there's all these anti, and some of them which are, frankly, just very close to being racist ads. You know, really? because you know, which ones are coming close to being I didn't racist? Even hear I didn't that. Hear no, racist people are just the talking. Ones where, where they're they're accusing her of of. Uh, Celebrating or supporting of President Obama and, and that culture—that's not racist. That's not racist. Could, Come on, I support President Obama. <laughs> She's claiming that that the uh, the claim is she wants to put a statue of him next to Abraham Lincoln. Right. So you must have that's said that's not that. racist. That was one sentence she said somewhere in the past ten years, and they found it. So who knows what the context and, was? And did you notice how that ad says, you know, that that um, that in the Midwest people were outraged? Since when is Pennsylvania considered part of the Midwest? I don't know. Tuesday. <laughs> they switched <laughs> it on Tuesday. you got to pay attention. Things move pretty fast around so, here. So you guys really believe that the fact that, that she's African-American and the fact that President Obama was African-American 
there there is no there's no basis of any part of that aspect to that ad. What if I'll be add, what I'll be fascinated what I'll be fascinated here is when you let's say she wins the Republican nomination, you'll be among the Democrats calling in here saying, "Well, she's really not a, an African American because she's a conservative." <laughs> They'll be after her. The conservatives will be or the liberals will be when, after her. When have I ever talk. said that? Well, no, I'm just saying. Tuesday. Didn't mean you personally. I meant you, the liberals. <laughs> All right, we got to go. Thank you so much, Eric. Thank you, gentlemen. Have a good day. Be sure to vote, Eric. Vote Republican. (laughs) I don't think he can. Oh, no. He's probably already mailed in anyway. All right. Stand by, Mike. We'll take more comers. 1-800-795-9565. We got one text pending and about six emails, so we'll get to them ASAP. Uh, Upper right-hand corner, Joe. Says, convenience should not be a reason for early or mail-in voting, period. All right. And lower right-hand corner. I'm sorry, but Dave Mastriano and Lou Barletta believe the presidential election was stolen and they are against voting by mail. All right, 1-800-795-9565. Email us at onthemark at wkok.com. Text us at 70236. We'll be right back. President Trump has a message. Don't vote for Kathy Barnett. She lost her race as a congressional candidate by more than 20 points. And the problem is nobody knows what she stands for, who she is. Kathy Barnett wants a statue of Barack Obama built. Listen to what Sean Hannity says. I don't know a single Republican, not one, that would ever want to put a statue of Barack Obama next to Abraham Lincoln. President Trump is right. Don't vote for Kathy Barnett. President Trump endorses Dr. Oz. I've known Oz for many years. He's pro-life. He's pro-God. He's pro-Second Amendment and 100% pro-MAGA. And Oz will strongly support our military, our police. Dr. Oz will restore parental rights. He will ban the ridiculous critical race theory. And he will keep men out of women's sports. I'd just like you to get out on Tuesday and vote for Dr. Oz. He's a spectacular person. He will never let you down. I'm Dr. Mehmet Oz. I candidate for U.S. Senate, and I approve this message. Paid for by Dr. Oz for Senate. Hello, this is Joe Cordell. Cordell & Cordell is a firm that practices family law exclusively. We focus on only one area of the law to maximize our strength and effectiveness as advocates for clients that have everything on the line, their homes, savings, and most importantly, their children. We're the partner our clients count on. Online at CordellCordell.com. Offices in Philadelphia, Radnor, and Allentown, Pennsylvania, and Mount Laurel, New Jersey. Michelle Ferrari, licensed in New Jersey and Pennsylvania. Joseph Cordell, licensed in Missouri and Illinois only. Nobody should have to pay for one-size-fits-all insurance coverage. Liberty Mutual customizes your car and home insurance, so you only pay for what you need. Visit LibertyMutual.com to learn more. LibertyMutual.com. I tend to second-guess dinners with friends because they're often interrupted by diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, or oily stools. It turns out I have EPI, or exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, which means I'm missing the enzymes needed to digest food. My doctor prescribed Creon, pancrelipase, an oral prescription medication that replaces pancreatic digestive enzymes. Creon treats EPI due to cystic fibrosis, chronic pancreatitis, pancreatectomy, or other conditions. Creon may increase your chance of fibrosing colonopathy, a rare bowel disorder. Tell your doctor if you have a history of intestinal blockage or scarring or thickening of your bowel wall, if you're allergic to pork, or if you have gout, kidney problems, or worsening of painful swollen joints. Call your doctor if you have any unusual or severe gastrointestinal symptoms or allergic reactions. Take Creon as directed by your doctor and always with food. Do not chew capsules as this may cause mouth irritation. Other side effects may include blood sugar changes, gas, dizziness, sore throat, and cough. These are not all the side effects of Creon. Creon is the number one prescribed EPI treatment. Ask your doctor about Creon for EPI and visit Creon.com or call 800-633-9110 to learn more. That's C-R-E-O-N.com. Hi, everybody. 
everybody, Steve Jones, Matt Leon, and Mark Wogenrich. Today, 3 to 5, News Radio 1070, WKOK. It's the final Kevin, who's uh, one of the managers in the whole building here, is grateful that the election is almost over, but he's also noticing the revenue coming into the building. So the more they fight, the happier he is. Catch-22. That, 22. Was, that right. was always the opposite flip side. We like the money, but the paperwork will kill you. He's glad Doug Mastriano ran, because not only did his ads follow or go, but then the people who were refuting him also followed. All right, 1-800-795-9565 is the open phone. We're talking politics. We talked to about gasoline prices earlier. We talked about the shooting in Buffalo. 1-800-795-956. We're kind of focused on the election right at the moment. I imagine Mike may be on that page. Good morning, sir. You're on the mark. Good morning. I actually have, uh, like, three comments. Two of them Can you move a little closer? Can you move closer to your phone? Can you hear me? Uh, No, just barely. Move closer to your phone, Mike. Can you hear me now? A little better. Yep. Okay, let me get in a better position. Okay, there we go. Now you're cooking. (laughs) You know what? My damn chair must be in the wrong spot in this house. Okay. Hey, anyway, here's the thing. I have three comments. Two of them are kind of rhetorical questions that I don't want to really spend any time on, and then I'll get to the third thing. Okay, one, and now I forgot. Okay, (laughs) 78% of people in a polling uh, things reportedly said the country is in the wrong, going in the wrong direction, the wrong track. So if 78% say we're in the wrong track, I'm really curious is what the other 22 people think <laughs> or, or everything is so good. Okay? Well, I'll tell you what, I already know this answer. Let me answer it real quick and then we can move on. Uh, 22% of the country thinks that this division, this dialogue, it was like when Gary Soika sat over and said here, this political division divides us, but we've been divided for centuries, and this is signs of our greatness. This participation in the dialogue and the call you're making and the Doug Mastriano ads and the vitriol that you hear from a candidate criticizing him or Kathy Barnett this is all proof positive that we're the best country in the world. Well, I, you know, I think the division is good, and I, and, and honestly, I think the uh, the two party system is good. But you know, pretty much, I think you know when Trump says calls that place a swamp down there, I think it is a swamp, and and I'm, I'm almost uh, hoping that maybe we can get some good third parties. Okay, the the second thing is. You know, whenever there's a, a dramatic thing, you know, a, a, you know, a horrendous thing, I guess you would say, happen, there's always, uh, they attribute causes to it, okay? And this guy, that, you know, that did the shooting up in, in Buffalo, uh, you know, I know you talked about it earlier, but, you know, he, that, that was horrendous. That was a horrible thing. And, you know, he, he's called a, a white supremacist. And, you know, it, it looks like, based on what I've been reading, it, that is a fact, okay? He's been, you know... Uh, pulled into that uh, way of thinking, and that that is, that's horrible. But also, the other thing that that's being uh, written about in some places is that, as a part of that, he's very or he was upset or is upset about you know the you know alleged lawlessness that's happening at the southern border, and the fact that uh, he believes that the government is not handling the border properly, but you never hear that, you know, at the top and the bottom of the hour. Okay, so just forget about those things. Now, the other thing, we, you just had a commercial on the radio there about uh, Trump, uh, you know, kind of bashing Barnett, and then back in uh, Oz. 
and he he said that uh, Oz is what do you call it a hundred percent MAGA. Okay, he didn't use the word ultra MAGA though, so I don't know. Maybe there's a difference there. No, that's but, Biden's word. That's President yeah, that's Biden's word. <laughs> and uh, you know that that's really horrendous because the reality is, you know, if I took one of these tests, I'm a MAGA guy, and and it, so it brings me back to being confused about the vote tomorrow. Okay, for uh, weeks now, I've been flopping back and forth. You know, it used to be daily. Now I do it uh, hourly almost. But I listened to Trump, and I said, you know what? Trump had a lot of things right. And now, six years later, after they first went after him, and it's, you know, basically a common fact that there was a conspiracy. They made up things, said he was a Russian agent. FBI people lied about it. The guy that turned the information into the FBI lied about who he really was. Everything about that, in my mind, is absolutely dirty. They, they basically they did a political assassination on Trump. So the fact that that happened, I, I, I believe that he was wronged. And so that when Trump comes out and says he wants people like me to vote for Oz, I'm going to vote for Oz. I was going to vote for uh, first for McCormick, then it was Barnett, and then it was Oz, and then it was back to Barnett. But Trump sealed the deal for me. Because I think he was mistreated. I think uh, Trump really, you know, he, he cared about himself. That's obvious. But, he, you know, he cared about the country. And he tried to do a lot of things that were good. And he was part of the, not part of the swamp. And because of that, I think it kind of started out, like, in a way, the, the case against him being a Russian guy. I think it was kind of like a, a practical joke thing. You know, hey, we got this outsider that could be a threat. So we're really going to screw him bad so that anybody else like him says, you know what, we're not going to get involved. We're just going to let those boys at the swamp, you know, have their little party down there and we pay the price. So I, I think Trump was on the right track, and I think he still is. You know, again, let me preface this with, I should have did this a while ago, Trump was his worst own enemy with his big, fat mouth and his Twitter fingers, okay? That's, that's what I believe, but I think his heart was in the right place, so I'm voting for Oz. Well, it's, uh, okay. Well, I'm voting for Oz, too, but for another reason. I think the question to me is electability. And I think that we need somebody with name recognition on the Republican side to run. Uh, because, fr- quite frankly, Fetterman is an attractive candidate to the people on the left. Although I think Connor Lamb would have a better chance of winning the seat myself, but that's just me. Joe, you, you are now where I was in the beginning when Oz was my first pick. It was electability. When I said, you know what, I, I like the way the guy handles himself. I like the, the, the people that, you know, followed him. I think that uh, that we need their votes. And uh, that was why. And then I, I, I kept migrating. And now, like I just said, uh, um, Trump, you know, he brought me back to your position. Mike, could Jeff Bartos beat John Fetterman? I don't know. I, I sat in a room know. with Jeff Bartos in my uh, during a, you know one of these little breakfast things, mm-hmm. and and I said this guy is a great guy, and you know what? I, I said to myself he'd be a great guy for coaching the kids' softball team or the baseball team, a great guy at a civic event, but I don't know okay. if he's a great guy that can win the election on a statewide scale. Can David McCormick beat Fetterman? I no, I don't. I don't believe so. No. Okay. Uh, and I personally like him. I said I, I I sat in the same cafeteria with him with him and his parents. <laughs> back in the, the kids, day, you know, can yeah, Doctor Oz beat Fetterman? 
Pardon me? Can Dr. Osby Fetterman? Yes. All right. Well, there you yes. go. There's your I, candidate. There you go. Okay. Yep, Thank you so much, Mike. You take care now. Actually, I believe Kathy Barnett might be able to beat him, too, because right, it would create a problem for the left to come down on her because she is a person of color. I think she's the perfect candidate for Republicans. I'm not one of them, but if I were a Republican, that's who I'd vote for. I would not be crushed if she won. She's the smartest woman in the world. All right, 1-800-795-9565. we got one caller waiting. We'll be here. Oh, we got a thunderstorm watch. Severe thunderstorm watch in effect now until 2 p.m. Joe Lundberg in his AccuWeather forecast this morning said that uh, we were looking at the the idea of some very strong thunderstorms occasionally today, even one that could produce some tornadic activity, so watch out for that. But now we have the accompanying severe thunderstorm watch uh, from now until 2 p.m. or so. And we have had some showers across the area, so we've got the precipitation. We just don't want things to get too riled up. All right, we'll be right back. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could chop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. President... All right, this is the uh, Kevin selecting the appropriate bumper music of the organ harpsichord sound. You can see how that ties to our conversation, so we appreciate that, sir. Thank you. Uh, Chris, you're on the mark. <laughs> yeah, I thought that one caller had a good slogan for the show. I don't know, but... <laughs> hey, that drives the whole program half the time. Yeah, doesn't it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and and uh, I'm kind of amused that... Uh, Joe wants mail-in ballots not to be mailed in. <laughs> I didn't say that. Yes, you did. You said you should like... take it down to the courthouse and turn it in. <laughs> not no, really I thought mail-in. that was Kevin who said that. No, you said it. Oh, well, was you, that Kevin? You agreed. <laughs> anyway, moving Poor on. Joe. Oh, well, I guess it was Kevin. I was pretty sure it was the other way around. Well, I, I do think that we they should be... Well, I don't know, but... <laughs> there should be a way to make sure that it's you who cast the vote. That's my point. Yeah, well, there hasn't been a lot of... Uh, some states have all mail-in voting, and they haven't had really detectable fraud in those states, maybe smaller uh, than most other states. So I don't see why it's such a big problem. <laughs> well, that either means they're getting away with it, or they're, we're overly concerned about it. If you fraud. actually heard everything I said, well, what I did Lack say of is... evidence is evidence of absence. The, mail, the mail-in ballots are not the, the biggest part of the problem. The biggest part of the problem is these drop boxes and allowing other people to harvest votes, Republican or Democrat. We have a Republicans doing it in Philadelphia, which surprises me, but they, they're, they're just as guilty of it as Democrats. Well, that's what the North Carolina guy was doing illegally, and he was a Republican two elections ago. Okay, but well we got to stop that. In other words, whatever whatever we have to do to stop that kind of egregious violation of the intent of the of the voting laws, we need to do. And uh, for Stan, uh, 
I, I kind of agree. I don't quite understand why the subway shooter hasn't been charged as a hate crime in New York. He was writing manifestos. And stuff I think he will be. I, I think that takes longer. But uh, I didn't... And it's hard to find statistics on that because often they don't identify the the race of the shooter. They only identify the race of the victims. Uh, the arrest papers will have a lot that. of times, so that's or sometimes it's even that isn't identified. But a uh, Puerto Rican man was uh, accused of a hate crime for uh, shooting uh, for killing uh, a transgender, and in New York City, uh, and there were 22 cases or something like that of hate crimes. In New York City in 2021, and, in 20, and, 20, and, 20, and, 20, and uh, <laughs> only two were white. Uh, oh, uh, uh, that's against Asian. And uh, two were white, and the others were either black, Hispanic, black, or black, Hispanic, or white, Hispanic. Which black and white, Hispanic? Uh, I don't know what official line there is there. I'm, not sure about that. I don't know whether white Hispanics should count as white or uh, or not. But in any case, that's the statistics there. And, uh, so it was more blacks and uh, and white Hispanics and and black Hispanics and than white people being accused of hate crimes. So they do get prosecuted for uh, at least killing non-white people. Well, we're out of time. Thanks a lot, Chris. Appreciate your call, as always. Oh, I didn't know we were that close. We yeah, are. call earlier call in the earlier. show. Call <laughs> earlier. Take oh, care. Well. First thing tomorrow morning, call in at 830. You'll be our special guest. <laughs> Have a good day, Chris. Thank you, sir. Say goodbye. Goodbye. And get out and vote tomorrow. <laughs> Say goodbye, Chris. He's gone. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. This is WKOK Sunbury.